Hello, welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill, this is episode 259. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody. I hope you're all doing well. We have lots of snow and ice where I live, and that's a drag. But if that's the worst thing that happens in 2021, uh, a little bit of snow that's going to melt eventually, I probably should just shut up and shovel it. So I hope you're all doing well where you are and uh, continue to do so. Not a lot of news this week. As always, there's absolutely nothing going on in the world right now. So I will just talk about me. Uh, Don't forget, there is still time as this episode is going out to go to goodreads.com and enter for a chance to win one of two free copies, print copies, of my latest short story collection, Hell's Serial, very short stories fortified with essential syllables. You can go there, you can register, pick the book up, make sure you tell your friends, and uh, don't forget, as always, uh, with any book that you buy, go to wherever you bought it and leave a review. Yeah, it makes the author feel good, assuming it's a good review, but more importantly, it helps the algorithms that control book sites, um, it helps stimulate them to, uh, to make the book more noticeable to other potential readers. So don't forget to do that, whether it's Goodreads or Amazon or wherever you get your books, Kobo, um, BookBub, you know, whatever. Please leave a review. Okay, well, that's enough of that. Let's, uh, let's get on to this week's game. This week's game is Acid Drop from Seilu Limited. For you Trekkies, it's not Sulu Limited. Uh, it's Seilu Limited, 1992, which is really late in the world of uh, Atari 26. Uh, in fact, as I understand it, this was the last commercially released Atari game. Not to telegraph things too much or, or spoil anything, but it feels like, uh, if that's the case, it's the Atari 2600 kind of going out with a whimper rather than a bang, but uh, we'll get there in a minute. The game was developed by Dennis Kiss and features the hypnotic, which is to say super annoying, Beethoven's Furilise playing in the background to relentless effect, uh, but we'll get there as well. Maybe because I only did half-assed research for this show, as always, I had a hard time finding a good manual. I did find one. On the upside, I now have instructions for acid drop in English, German, and French. So I will now read you the directions in French. Here we go. Just kidding. Although I have been watching recently Bon Voyage Charlie Brown, uh, where they, uh, the Peanuts kids go visit France. Uh, so I have sort of have France on the brain right now. Uh, but I won't do that. I could read them to you in German. I actually minored in German in college and then went on to not use it at all. So it's been, well, we don't get into how old I am, but it's been many, many, many years since I had to use my German. So, And I'm also going to assume I don't know what my listenership in Germany is. Or France, for that matter. Uh, if I do have listeners in German, Germany and France, welcome. Thank you for listening. And, and reach out and let me know. I didn't pony up for the extra. With Libsyn, there's a membership level where they will give you the details like that. But it's lots of extra money. And uh, I'm, a, I'm just a poor podcaster. So I don't know specifically where you people are unless you tell me. But I would be curious to know. So let me know. Especially if you're in another country because that's very cool. Another country for me being anywhere other than the United States. Uh, If you didn't know, that's where I am. Please don't hate me. So, 
All that's to say, uh, I will just give you the instructions in English this time. Colored blocks drop relentlessly down to fill the screen. Using your joystick, you must quickly spin, shift, and align the colors. Colors being spelled C-O-L-O-U-R-S in this copy that I'm looking at. Align the colors of the block in order to clear them from the screen. It's challenging and the pace is demanding, exclamation point. But, not a capital B, dot dot dot. Satisfaction comes when you see the acid drop fall and dissolve your highest lines and give you a new lease of life. Okay, so that's where the title comes in. I was a little confused why they call this game Acid Drop. I thought perhaps it was because the uh, the music drills into your brain and if you listen long enough, uh, you could start tripping like you're on acid. But maybe that's not what they were going for. Uh, need a tougher contest? Start from a higher level! Exclamation point. Non-capitalized P. Pitch your pace from the 30 progressive skill levels. Hours of addictive fun is guaranteed. Okay, here's the thing. I'm not spoiling anything by telling you this game is basically poor man's Tetris, which is really fun and is addictive. This thing, however, with this music, if you played this thing for hours and hours, your head would explode. Anyway, so the object of the game is to create rows and columns with three or more blocks. I was a little confused by that. I think I mentioned that in the field report. It feels like in some spots you have to have rows and columns of three, but in others you have to have rows and columns of four. Some of this might be because, for some reason, the ROM I had was black and white. So, I mean, the, the different blocks were shaded, but there were all variations of white, gray, and black. Or not black, but white and gray. So there were a couple of times where it was a little hard to tell. Is this a white block? Is this a gray block? What's going on? So that might be why I was a little confused about the three or four item stacks. So you create rows and columns of three or more blocks. When this happens, the row or column disappears and 100 points will be scored for each block in it. After 50 blocks have dropped, you will get a white acid drop. This can be used to clear blocks from the screen. So again, it's acid as in ability to wipe everything out by applying it, not acid as in, hey, why is that elephant squirting mustard all over itself? This can be used clear blocks from the screen. Please note that any new column or row of three created by a row or column collapsing will not clear, but can be cleared by adding a new block of the same color. After 50 blocks have dropped, a bonus block consisting of three white blocks laying horizontally will drop. This is the acid drop. can be used to eat away dense patches of blocks. When a bonus block drops, the level will increase by one and the game speeds up slightly. There are 30 levels to the game. Oh, by the way, the black and white thing, yes, I did check to see if my console was on black and white or color, and it is on color. So you put the game in, title screen comes up. There are more titles in this game than I usually see. You know, like they have right up front, they have obviously the, the title screen, Acid Drop, and then they have the screen that says who the developer is and so forth. I don't remember usually seeing that in Atari games, but it's there. So on the title screen, you press the fire button to display the credit screen, right? Pressing the fire button once more displays the level select screen. I just monkeyed around with this a little bit this morning as I was preparing to report. I didn't bother with changing the levels. I just stayed on level one to start with each time. But you can press the joystick up to increase the level and pull down to decrease the level. When selected level, press the fire button to start game. A vertical block of three colors will drop from the top of the screen. Pressing the fire button rotates the colors. Push the joystick left to move left. Surprise, surprise. Or get ready for it, right to move the block right. Push the joystick up to make a vertical block horizontal. When a block is horizontal, pushing up will make the block vertical. Pulling down on the joystick makes the block fall faster. Push the select button on the console to pause the game. To restart the game, press the reset button on the console. 
The screen is divided into two parts. The largest part of the screen is the main game screen. The information grid is at the top of the screen and gives you the following information. Upper right is the time that remains to finish. Upper center is your actual score. Below these numbers is the level you are playing. In reality though, if you're like me, you don't pay attention to any of that. You're just watching this hypnotic pattern of blocks falling and wishing to God that the music would stop. Yes, I could have turned the sound down, but really, I'm not that smart. And now, those same instructions in French. Just kidding. What I meant to say is, and that is how you play Acid Drop from Salu Limited, courtesy of the Enterprise. I'm not rich or famous. I'm not a movie star, rock icon, first responder, nurse, doctor, or anybody else whom we all look up to. I'm just a schnook. Just like Bill, I love to tell stories. Unlike Bill, though, I'm not creative enough to write my own, so I just tell my own real-life stories in this book-read-by-the-author-style podcast, all about life lessons growing up, and every episode, a segment about music. Music that I love, artists that I admire, and sometimes even my own music. You can find Autobiography of a Schnook on all your favorite podcast suppliers, or you can go to schnookpodcast.com. That's S-C-H-N-O-O-K podcast.com. And I firmly believe the good goes around, and I sincerely hope that Autobiography of a Schnook proves to be some good that goes around your way. Honestgamers.com tells us that Apparently, the Atari 2600 still had a following in Europe in the early 90s, and Salu released several titles during this period. Acid Drop was a clone of the 1990 Genesis release Columns, which I know nothing about, by the way. If anyone knows anything about Columns, let me know. Honest Gamer says, How well did the classic puzzler transfer to the limited hardware of the Atari 2600? Well, to be sure, Acid Drop is a mixed bag. The gameplay is passable, but a horrible decision regarding the in-game music makes the game virtually unplayable with sound enabled. Basically, they're comparing this game to Genesis Columns, which, again, I know nothing about. There is one major limitation that isn't present in the other versions of this game that is found here thanks to the limited hardware of the 2600. There are no combos. You can have three like-colored bars fall together, and they will just stay there. The speed needed to process combos just isn't available on the 2600. Then again, maybe they could have borrowed some resources from the, quote, soundtrack. Ostensibly, it's for release by Beethoven. Um, then they say Ludwig's soul is tortured every time someone powers up Acid Drop. But Ludwig's ethereal torture is minute compared to the seven levels of audio hell anyone in the same room as Acid Drop being played will experience. It's not even enjoyable the first time, and in an endless loop, it's a game killer. Otherwise, without the music, the game would be playable. The lack of combos actually provides a new twist on the column's concept and makes the game a little more challenging. Graphics are passable, but this is just one of those games with a flaw so monstrously horrible there's no getting around it. Cannot in good conscience recommend this game to anyone. Acid Drop is a bad game made by bad people. Steer clear. 1.5 out of 5. With a title like Acid Drop, I decided just for fun to look up the history of LSD. According to VeryWellMind.com, the psychoactive properties of acid were discovered almost by accident by Dr. Albert Hoffman, a research chemist working for the Sandoz, Sandoz Company in 1943. He'd been synthesizing LSD-25, and some crystals of the substance made contact with his fingertips and were absorbed through his skin. In the middle of the afternoon, while at work, Hoffman started to feel dizzy and restless. He went home and experienced, quote, a not unpleasant, intoxicated-like condition, characterized by an extremely stimulated imagination. So, he did the logical thing and decided to experiment on himself. 
He took a small quantity of the drug. After 40 minutes, he started feeling dizzy, anxious, noticing visual distortions, the symptoms of paralysis, and the desire to laugh. An hour later, he went home by bicycle, and even though he was escorted by his laboratory assistant for safety's sake, the trip was still difficult given the effects of LSD. He requested milk from a neighbor who appeared to be a, quote, malevolent insidious witch with a colored mask. He also experienced unpleasant feelings about himself. Believing the lysergic acid had potential use in neurology and psychiatry, he proceeded with animal experimentation and further human studies. With both humans and animals, there seemed to be a capacity for breaking down the ego, and it appeared to show potential for people who are bogged down in an egocentric problem cycle who can thereby be helped to release themselves from their fixating and isolation. It also released long-forgotten memories and traumas into consciousness, which could then be worked through therapeutically. Uh, It started to be used in European psychotherapy clinics, uh, psychedelic therapy, meaning mind manifesting or mind expanding, involved patients taking a single high dose of LSD after a period of intense psychological preparation. It was also explored as a model for psychosis. It was used recreationally, very popular in the 60s, when it was still legal, and promoted by doctors Timothy Leary and Richard Alpert at Harvard University. Many well-meaning people encouraged the use of LSD, believing it spread love and peace and broke down antiquated and oppressive social hierarchies. But by the end of the 60s, the dangerous side of LSD was revealed. Reports of accidents, mental breakdowns, criminal acts, murders, suicide were reported, as well as psychotic reactions to the drug. Sandoz stopped LSD production and distribution in 65, and psychotherapists abandoned its use in therapy. The LSD has waxed and waned in popularity, but has remained a staple on the illicit drug scene. Oh, and by the way, History.com says that LSD, or lysergic acid diethylamide, was a subject of study by the CIA during the Cold War. Clandestine experiments with LSD and other drugs for mind control, information gathering, and other purposes. Project MK Ultra, the code name given to a Central Intelligence Agency program that began in the 50s and lasted through the 60s, is sometimes known as part of the CIA's mind control program. The CIA experimented with LSD and other substances on both volunteers and unwitting subjects thinking that it could be a psychological weapon for use during the Cold War. Hypnosis, shock therapy, interrogation, and other dubious mind control techniques were also part of MKUltra. Well, that's just lovely. Eventually, LSD was deemed too unpredictable for use in the field. When Project MKUltra became public knowledge in the 70s, the scandal resulted in numerous lawsuits and a congressional investigation headed by Senator Frank Church. After volunteering to take part in Project MKUltra as a student at Stanford University, Ken Kesey, author of the 1962 novel One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, went on to promote the use of LSD. In the early 1960s, Kesey and the Merry Pranksters, as his group of followers were called, hosted a series of LSD-fueled parties in the San Francisco Bay Area. Kesey called these parties acid tests. Acid tests combined drug use with musical performances by bands including the Grateful Dead and psychedelic effects such as fluorescent paint and black lights. Author Tom Wolfe, based his 1968 nonfiction book, The Electric Kool-Aid Acid Test, on the experiences of Ken Kesey and the Merry Pranksters. The book chronicles the acid test parties and the growing 1960s hippie counterculture movement. Oh, by the way, circling back to Leary and Alpert, uh, they eventually got fired from Harvard, but went on to become symbols of the psychedelic drug and hippie culture. Leary founded a psychedelic religion based on LSD called the League for Spiritual Discovery and coined the phrase, Tune in, turn on, drop out. He wrote a popular spiritual book called Be Here Now under the pseudonym Baba Ram Das. Oh, by the way, this is not going to surprise anyone, which is to say all of us who have lived through 2020, LSD is making a comeback. I saw an article on TheGuardian.com from August 2020. New study shows more Americans are dropping acid. 
One expert said people might be using psychedelics as a therapeutic mechanism amid abounding bleakness. In 1995, Jerry Garcia, singer-guitarist of The Grateful Dead and a figure almost singularly associated with America's psychedelic subculture, died. Then something weird happened, a nationwide downturn in LSD consumption. It was no coincidence. For decades, The Grateful Dead's expansive coast-to-coast live concert infrastructure was the distribution network for LSD, according to Jesse Jarrow in his book, Heads, a Biography of Psychedelic America. No Jerry meant no dead tours, which meant, for many, no LSD. But now, drugs like LSD and psilocybin, psilocybin, the active ingredient in magic mushrooms, are enjoying a vogue. They're finding second lives as clinical tools in the pharmacological battle against depression and anxiety. They're also being illicitly gobbled in sub-hallucinogenic microdoses as daily supplements, reportedly boosting energy and creativity. In November, Oregonians will vote on whether to legalize psilocybin therapy statewide. Oh, and by the way, Oregon did actually vote to approve psychedelic mushrooms. Measure 109 was passing by 56.12% Tuesday on Election Day at 8.50 p.m. with a million eight hundred thousand votes counted. The revival is curious, according to the Guardian article. It doesn't seem to be about restoring the bygone heyday of hippie-era psychedelic culture. The concept of the 60s with its long hair and wide-eyed pupil-dilated idealism has sometimes proved an impediment. This writer, who is apparently a millennial, says it can all feel overstayed, even anxious. As a millennial who has spent decades curious about and frankly envious of the explosion of music, politics, and mind expansion that marked the 1960s youth culture, cleaving psychedelics from popular notions of psychedelia strikes me as a bit, well, sad. The new study on America's uptick in LSD use carries a kind a kernel of optimism. As the lead author, the University of Cincinnati's Andrew Yaki, told Scientific American, quote, LSD is used primarily to escape, and given that the world's on fire, people might be using it as a therapeutic mechanism, close quote. The promise of better living through chemistry feels pitched to our present moment, whether it be in contempt for heads of state, the demands for racial justice, or the more generalized anxiety that the world has gone horribly wrong. So there you go. If any of you are listening to this show while gobbling up magic mushrooms, go ahead and download the show again. It's even cooler the second time. All right. Well, after the break, we drop our half-assed review of Acid Drop. For this week's field report, we're going to play Acid Drop. It's kind of like a less fun Tetris. So I'm looking forward to that. This is my final score in the last game. Don't get too jealous. First thing you're going to notice is that it's in black and white. Uh, I don't know why that is. Maybe it's something with the ROM that I downloaded. Not really sure. Um, But the game still plays. So let's go. Acid Drop. Programmed by DM. Kiss, or Kiss, produced by Salu Limited. I don't remember seeing these uh, title cards on very many of these games. That's kind of interesting. Um, I'm just leaving it at level one. I don't really know what the difference between the levels is. So let's just do it. It's basically, yeah, you're right, Henry. It's basically Tetris. 
except the game, the pieces are not different shapes. They're all these uh, sort of brick shapes. Also, the music really annoying. Whopping 2,500 points. Back to you in the studio. Hey everyone, this is Michael, one of the hosts of the Atari XEGS Cart by Cart podcast. Do you like Atari? Of course you do. What about the 8-bit computer line? It was one of the best. Well, how about you consider joining Bill, David, Kieran, and myself as we review the cartridge-based games for Atari's 8-bit computer line. We also review budget games, which are mostly released only in the UK. But that's not all. We also dig up game history, share personal experiences, and perform questionable comedy. You'll get all of that and for free just by listening to us on either iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Player FM, or from our website at xegs8bit.com. That's xegs, the number 8, bit.com. And when you're done listening, please send us your hate mail because we really need the feedback so we know someone is tuning in. Hey, let's take a break from you listening to me talk so that you can listen to me talk. 
Hell's Serial, very short stories fortified with essential syllables, is the new short story collection from, well, me. Every box, or book, is chock full of bite-sized stories in every genre from sci-fi to fantasy to literary fiction to cheesy spy stories and everything in between. Zombies in Love, Twisted Car Races, and the aforementioned Devilish Breakfast Food are just some of the tasty bites you'll find. Toy surprises? You bet. How about social commentary and the meaning of life? Beats a decoder ring any day. With both funny stuff and drama, Hell's Cereal gives you the marshmallows and the toasted oat flakes. Oh, and words. Lots of those, too. Pick up Hell's Cereal, very short stories fortified with essential syllables, wherever you like to get your books. Not cereal. So here's the thing about Acid Drop. This game is, like I said, this game is, like I said, a poor man's Tetris. The music is pretty relentless. The fact that I had to play the game in black and white is not a knock on the game. It's not their fault. It's some sort of technologically issue. Uh, Me talk good. Me podcast. I mean, Tetris is pretty fun. This game is kind of like Tetris, so it's, by extension, kind of fun, too. It is a disappointing last, apparently, official Atari 2600 release. But, I mean, some game had to be the last game, I guess, that... It's no reason, I, I guess, you should put any extra pressure on it. It's not like, I assume, anyone who was sitting in a, at, a, at a, a round table, you know, putting this game together, saying, okay, this is the last one that's ever going to get officially released for the Atari 2600. It's got to be XYZ. It's got to be XYZ. So, the game is fine, if not great. I don't know. That's about all I can muster to say about it. I don't actively hate it, but I'm probably not going to sit there and play a lot of it. There are plenty of Tetris uh, games available that I would enjoy more. It would be nice if, for example, if you could, if the bricks were different shapes, if I could have played the game in color, if the music wasn't there, which is easy to fix, right? You just turn the sound down. But yeah, I just can't muster a lot of enthusiasm for this one. If you guys have thoughts about Acid Drop, or Magic Mushrooms for that matter, let me know. Uh, Reach out in one of the various ways that you can do that. It's story time on Atari Bites. Yes, it's story, 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 story time with Bill. This week's story is titled Acid Tripped. The cherry Cavendish tobacco glowed a fierce red in the bowl of his pipe, but even the pleasing taste couldn't assuage Dr. Garrison's concern. Of all his patients, this one was proving to be the most challenging. Slowly, Dr. Garrison removed the pipe from his mouth as he underlined a section of the notes on his clipboard. Dick, he said, tell me again what year it is. The stubbly man with eyes sunk deep into purplish circles sat, huddled really, at the other end of the long metal table. At first, he regarded the scientist suspiciously, but suspicion faded to a knowing, rueful smile. The year, Dick said, easy. The year is the year that wants to be a palindrome, but isn't. Dr. Garrison made a note. And enlighten me, what year is that, Dick? Two zero two zero, of course, Dick said, suddenly more interested in the smooth metal before him. I can see myself, he said. That's unfortunate. Focus, Dick, Dr. Garrison said. Yesterday they tell me you were quite agitated. You were yelling about things you could see and hear, but they weren't really there, were they? 
and feel, Dick added, I felt them too. A slow swirl of cherry floated up from Dr. Garrison's pipe before he said, Interesting you should say that, Dick. Do you remember running the halls screaming, Six feet! Six feet! Don't touch! Don't touch! Dick giggled. Yeah, good times. Then his face grew dark. But in the midst of such bad times... Dr. Garrison consulted his clipboard again, shifted just a bit uncomfortably. Tell me, Dick, he said. Tell me who Gwyneth is. Dick's cheeks flushed a bit, but he beamed. Everyone knows that in 2020. Dr. Garrison glanced at the mirror that spanned the length of the wall behind him. And why... Why did you feel compelled to tell everyone on the ward about... Forgive me. Gwyneth's vagina. Dick's face grew serious. Because everyone in 2020 knows what it smells like. I see, Dr. Garrison said. So there is a lot of intimate activity in 2020? Nope, Dick said. Why not? Because no one is supposed to leave their houses, Dick said, on account of the plague. I see, Dr. Garrison said, making another note. Did you give me the medicine yesterday, Dr. Goatman? Garrison, Dr. Garrison corrected. Yes, you did receive a dose yesterday. Why? Your goat horns aren't scary, Dick said. Sorry. That's all right, Dick, Dr. Garrison said. What were you saying about the medicine? Well, since I got the medicine, I can feel things, new things. Dick caressed the air around him. All the things, in ways I never could before. And why do you think that is? 2020, Dick said, as if that was all the explanation needed. Dr. Garrison tamped down the sweet cherry in his pipe. I see, he said slowly. Then tell me about 2020, Dick. The orange controls everything, Dick explained. Well, he wants to. The movies are sad we can't visit them, and everyone fights all the time. What do they fight about? asked Dr. Garrison. Sometimes who to let live and who should die, Dick said. But also birds. Birds? Tweeters, yeah. Dick said, the tweeters hate each other. Do you fight with people, Dick? Dr. Garrison asked. Of course, Dick said. It's what we do in 2020. Lots of people are dead, Dick said, suddenly very sad. I miss them. I don't want to feel that, though. Can you stop me feeling that? Dick slumped, his eye circles darkening. Dick, Dr. Garrison said. I'm going to have Nurse Florence come in and give you another dose. Dick's eyes grew wide. I don't want it. It makes me feel not all here. 2020 does that to people, too. You're as much here as any of us, and your feelings are what we need, Dick, Dr. Garrison said. What you feel, what you see, what's happening around you. He picked up his clipboard, ready to leave. You're going out there, aren't you, Dick said, with the other people. Of course. Nurse Florence will be in with your dose shortly. You'll wear the mask with the other people, or you'll be infected and die, Dick said. The mask of 2020, the one I see and see through at the same time. You all look different and all the same. Where's your mask, doctor? Try to rest, Dick, Dr. Garrison said and exited. You can't find me behind the monoliths, Dick called after him with a hint of panic. I have one in my room, you know. They're everywhere, and then they're not. Out in the hallway, Nurse Florence stared at Dick through the two-way glass with a mix of pity and derision. The man next to her in the dark suit with a lucky strike between his lips, though, was all contempt. Monoliths, the man muttered, grinning. He's been reading too much Arthur C. Clarke. Be that as it may, Dr. Garrison said, Dick believes it. He believes all the hallucinations. They all do. Thinking 1963 is actually 2020. The Ruskies will have annihilated us by then anyway. Is a new one for MK Ultra, the dark-suited man said. Unless that guy's a time traveler, 
My superiors are not going to like it. The program is on thin ice as it is. Shall I administer the next dose of LSD, doctor? Nurse Florence asked. Dr. Garrison took a drag on his pipe, then said, Of course. Let's see what other fanciful 2020 weirdness our friend can dream up. Hi, this is 8-Bit Rocket, Jeff Fulton, from the Into the Vertical Blank Generation Atari podcast. And you are listening to the incomparable William Pepper and his wonderful stories of the game within a game on the Atari Bytes podcast. When you are done here, come visit us in the Vertical Blank. Now, back to Bill. And that's our show. Thanks to Kevin McLeod and Incompetech.com for Creative Commons use of his songs, Reformat, Take a Chance, and Pinball Spring. Thanks to Sean Courtney for the Storytime theme. Thanks to at MTARP for the What Game is Henry Playing While We Podcast About a Different Game theme, which you did not hear this week. Drop your ass-id into the LSD-fueled hallucination that is Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review of the show. Email the show at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. Like the show on our Facebook page. Follow the show on Twitter at ataribytes or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. Also, make sure to check us out on Instagram. You can call us, too. If you think you hear me answering you on the phone, well, you're clearly hallucinating. Put down the mushrooms. In reality, you can leave a voicemail at 563-265-1978 about pretty much anything you want, and I will probably play it on the show. Check out the website, www.carnivalofgleecreations.com. What you'll get there is uh, information and links to episodes for this show, same stuff from my other show, it's a podcast, Charlie Brown, social media stuff. There's a page for the books that I've written, including Hell Serial, very short stories fortified with essential syllables, and other stuff that I've done, all waiting for you to read about over there at carnivalglecreations.com. You can support the show financially as well. Uh, make a donation, uh, rather become a subscriber on the Atari Bytes Patreon page at patreon.com, link in the show notes, to help support the show, keep the lights on here in the podcast studio, keep my supply of mushrooms coming. All good stuff to make this show happen. Also, you can keep an eye on the current subscribers, including Michael Tyler, Jose Caseta, Sean Courtney, M. West, Jim Goble, and Patrick McCarthy, because they need supervision. Patreon subscribers also get stuff, right? At the $2 per month level, you get access to the episodes early. You don't necessarily have to wait till Sunday to hear my podcasting goodness. At the $3 per month level, you get that, plus you get bonus stuff like the videos, the really poor videos that I put up every week of the field report. And at the $4 per month level, you get all that, plus you can help program the show. Uh, you can suggest some games to me that you would like me to do for the show, games to play and games to storify, and I'll do that. It's just that simple. Uh, so thank you in advance for helping out the show. All right, I already mentioned to you the uh, Goodreads giveaway for Hell Serial. Please go check that out. Please tell your friends. Now that's about it. Next time on Atari Bytes. We're playing a game called Moto Rodeo. I don't know what the hell this thing is, but it's got a weird title, so I'm into it. And that's what we're going to do next week. So until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you. Oh,